0: and welcome to another episode of the Optimizing Mother podcast. I'm here today with Shterny Althaus, a shlucha, a teacher, and a lecturer all the way from Australia. So Shterny, hi, could you tell us a little bit about what you do?
1: Hi, it's an honor to be here. Uh, I live in Sydney, Australia. I'm an American girl, and I plan to bring mothers from all Yiddish backgrounds to give them the taste of Chasidis through improving their relationship with their husbands, their families, their children, through experience, through learning, and through research. One of the things I do as a counselor is I help counsel families, couples that are going through challenges, and give them tools that we learn from Chassidus and research um, to help them become better and more empowered mothers and wives. So it's an honor to be here. You do amazing work, and honestly, it's a big schuss to be on this podcast. Thank you.
0: Thank you. So if you have to give one piece of advice, so to speak, what is your best advice for the most effective way to really impart those values, to really help mothers in their effective chinuch and to give over their chasidish hashkafas or yiddish values and really give it over to the children in a positive and healthy way?
1: That's a great question. I really believe that kids learn. 10,000 times more by how you acted than what you said. When they see a mother saying, when they see a father going to a shir, when they see a mother involved in, you know, helping doing good good things outside the home as well as inside the home, helping others, having an open home, you don't have to say anything. They're absorbing it by example. You lead by example. And they'll remember it much, much, much longer by watching you do what you want to teach them than by you lecturing them anytime.
0: Can you give more examples of what we as mothers can do or incorporate into our day in order to impart such values?
1: Yes. So sometimes the kids are out of the house at school while we may have been involved in doing something positive. Talk about it. Say, oh, by the way, I went to visit somebody. I dropped off food to a lonely lady. I went to drop off magazines to someone who's lonely and living at home. Or, uh, you know... Oh, I heard there's a child in your class that's not having an easy time. Why don't we call them up? Asking them and getting their input, but also by example, showing them how to have more chesed, showing them that you're learning, saying, Oh, I'm going to say my chitas now. How are they supposed to know you're saying your chitas or your tehillim if they don't see it? It's very important that we show them by example and say, Oh, I'm, I'm really tired, but you know what? I'm going to do one more kapital tehillim. And when there's struggles to be open. The mommy's really, really tired, but we want to get to school on time. Let's see what we can do together. So I think by us doing it and actually acting it out, talking about it is much more important than lecturing them and giving them, you know, long winded McGillas that don't really always, uh, get, uh, <laughs> their tick of approval. <laughs> In addition, I really believe that as women, we have a direct line to Hashem. Davening, And I know with myself, I've improved and I've increased my davening over the years. I really see improvements in many areas. When I daven for a child, when I say they're capital, and I ask Hashem for what that child needs, I know it's now on Hashem's shoulders. I feel the sense of relief. I have done mine. So we'll set the Shabbos candles. You know, obviously it could be a chick chock, or you could daven. You could show the kinderach that you're davening. They watch you. They're gonna absorb that, and they'll daven for their children as well. By the chalos, aisrutzain. I know this is interesting, but someone said to me, you know, even davening after a chuppah. I'm not embarrassed now. I go after the chuppah's finished. I take a friend or two, and we stand under the chuppah and daven. Any opportunity to give our kids an extra plug, an extra bracha, an extra s'chus. It's a davening time davening in any language, even in the car. I need a car, uh, parking space. You know, Hashem, please help me find a, a car park. That's how we call it in our country, a parking space. And to really take the opportunity to daven as much as we can. It doesn't matter if it's not in Hebrew. Yes, obviously in a siddur is best. And yes, there are levels as much as you can do, but try at least once a day to mention each child by name. And don't forget that if your children have a healthy attachment with you, then that will transfer to their relationship with Hashem, and they'll have a, st- a very strong bond with Him. And they watch you have a bond with Hashem, and that you're vulnerable and you open yourself to talk to Hashem. It's very important for them to see that there's a connection, because sometimes Tati goes to a shear, but if they don't know he's going to a shear how are they supposed to know? So what I did now is I asked my husband to learn in the house, and to start bringing other people into the house and now we have a weekly share for seven or eight years on a specific night and the kids know that's Tati's night in the house he also goes out of the house but that way they'll remember Tati learned Torah like it's important to show it more than to say it
0: Wow so you mentioned the importance of bonding with your children in order to like model how they can bond with you bond with Hashem so what are some ways that you encourage mothers to bond with their children in a very real and practical way
1: excellent question. So some ideas to promote this bonding. I really believe in having a date with your child. It's okay to have one-on-one with each child. If you're going on an errand, schlep a child with you. Let them be involved in the shopping, in the visiting, wherever you're going. It's a great time to talk. And in the car, it's even a greater place to talk sometimes about challenging topics. I know some moms have an issue looking eye to eye at their children when they're talking about challenging issues, but in the car, everyone's facing forward. You can just share it out. There's no awkwardness. Also to, um, refrain from urging them to be more or less that they can feel they're good enough at this space to talk to you and share who where they are now, because mothers have a habit of always trying to get their kids to do more and more, which is great, but it's also okay to just, not bring up anything that has to be improved, just spending time pleasantly together. Um, also inviting their friends for Shabbos, making it a pleasant atmosphere, getting some nice nosh, having a beautiful Shabbos meal. And even though some of them are teenagers, we still need to nurture and hug them. We'll get onto that more later with the five love languages. But private time is the best gift of all. They love when mommy sits on their bed and either tells a story or you know shares a vart or an experience that happened that day if you're too tired, just to sit there I know that my father always put us to bed at night and told us a story and sometimes I can't because I have to give a shear or run out and the kids, they tell me, I miss it. Can you do this tomorrow when we make make it up again? So I think it's very important. Some kids are good with the written word, so like sending them loving notes or texts on their phone, thinking of you if they have a phone, if they're older. But most important to help them feel safe, that rejoicing in every mitzvah that they do, notice every mitzvah, be aware. See something, say something. Don't just take it for granted. To be grateful that they're doing the mitzvah and notice it and mention it if the child hears it or if the child hears you telling it to someone else, that also is very effective.
0: And putting the positivity and the energy and the focus on when they're doing you know, a mitzvah as opposed to you know giving attention to anything else that might be going on. But the rabbi always says, focus on the light and the darkness
1: that's right that's right and also i feel like we need to dance with our children more in the kitchen to bring happiness <laughs> into the kitchen when it's getting really really stressful stop breathe put on a good Abraham fried or whatever whoever your favorite singer is and dance it's so important you get out the energy and everyone's in a better mood another thing that i love is that i notice i see i hear you can energize the good behavior by you noticing good behavior actually Putting good neurons in their brain like you're spicing up those neurons so they'll want to do it again I see you're eating breakfast so nicely I see you playing with your sister so peacefully I hear you talking so nicely to each other you're giving energy to the positivity not to the negativity which drags everyone down and when they go off to school they should go in a happy way hmm. whatever they if they leave the car or if they're leaving the house to the bus it should be in a pleasant way you give them a hug or kiss whatever happened to end off in a positive way. And that is why I really believe emuna and betachon is something we have to talk about to our children, but simcha. And if somebody breaks a dish instead of mommy getting angry, gam We break plenty cups in our house, the way our floor was made. And I decided I'm just gonna say gam zula taiva. And now my kids know something smashes, they say gam zula taiva. There's gonna be a simcha in shtat. Something good's gonna happen. <laughs> so it's a matter of perspective.
0: So how else do you talk to your kids about emunah and betachan and, 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 you know, these words we throw around, amuna betachan, simcha, but like, other than mavotov when the glass breaks, how else do you bring that into your day-to-day
1: life? Great question. I love to share stories with them. I tell them stories of Amuna that happened to me personally, to our families, to our friends. I share stories of people who had betachan in challenging times. We make it a word in the family. It's like a buzzword, amuna and betachan, and it's not always easy, and they see that there are challenges, but that... Through Amun and Betachon, our perspective is different. It's on Hashem's shoulders. We can get through this. They also know that it's very important to write to the Rebbe, whether it's via the Igreis or to the Ohel. Very important to talk about it and that they can do it even, you know, in any language. It doesn't have to be like a big formal thing. They can do it at any time. That there's someone to turn to. That wow. whenever we have a challenge, we always, or a good thing actually, always notify the Rebbe and to let the Rebbe know, The end of the positivity that came from it.
0: Beautiful, beautiful.
1: I just wanted to mention about, you know, reaching each child. Each child has different ways that they like to receive love. And sometimes we offer affection in the way we wish to receive it. And sometimes a child has a different style. Let's remember there's two parties here, two partners, mother and father, and each child is different. We need to pay attention to how the child shows you love because that will be the clue to how they want to receive love. So, for example, if I love words of affirmation, which I do, and most women do, doesn't mean that my child wants to hear a compliment to their face or behind their back to someone else, although some children will love it. I have kids that crave that, and I have a child that it really, really bothers them. They don't want people to know the good that they do. They're more private. So to really identify what is their love language, how do they show you love? Or how do they show their sibling love? Is it through gifts? Are they the kid that always makes the decorated card, welcome home, Tati, or mazel tov, mommy, on your birthday? Are they the kid that's very touchy all over you, touching you? They need more touch. Are they the child that just wants to spend time on the couch sitting with you? Or when you say, who wants to come shopping, they say, I do? That's the time child. You need to identify your child's primary love language.
0: So it's observation. It's observing that every kid is different and you know the way for me to make them feel good and, you know, in the context of our conversation, bonded so that they could then bond with Hashem is by showing them their specific love language.
1: Absolutely. In fact, some of the kids will be the acts of service kids, the one who always helps you out, who wants to take out the rubbish, I do, or who wants to load the dishwasher, or, you know, sweep, they'll just pick up a broom and sweep. You don't have to ask. They'll just go do their homework. You know, that, that kid that just does it, you don't have to ask, With the other ones you might have to really, you know, give some uh, motivation, reward, whatever you will know by what their behavior lights up how they act with their siblings or with you or their friends are they the kid that always asks you to buy their friend something or or buy their sibling something for their birthday you will know if you see a child running to you grabbing your leg climbing all over you constantly in your space you might think oh that's so annoying but that's the kid that craves touch that's the signal they need to be touched more snuggle on the couch sit on your lap high five them You know, um, they need a secret handshake. Whatever works for them. And it's very important. If that child needs the love through touch, that's what that child needs. But other child might say, I don't like the touch. I'm not a touchy-feely child. But they'll write you a nice message. Or they're very expressive with their written word rather than their verbal words. So you have to know each child. And to not take it personally, oh, you know, why is that child not cheering with me? But maybe that child is better at writing out what's going on or sending you a message rather than sharing it with words. So we really have to learn our children's love language because it's very important that we don't project our own onto them because then they're not getting what they need and that's not I'll be dark on Are there kids who like all of them? There's always going to be that kid that likes it all <laughs> <laughs> But most kids have one or two.
0: But I'm wondering, So you're saying different ways to bond and love at the child, and then they're going to love Hashem. I'm just wondering, can you actually use these ways of connecting with them to impart chenoch, not as a second goal, but can you impart something educational through using the specific language that the child appreciates?
1: Absolutely. Like when I have one-on-one private time with a child that needs a private time, I... Put through in that time. I share a Hasidisha shemaisa. I talk to them about what they're going on. I, I what's going on for them. I use relevant uh, stories from Torah or from my own you know history of my own backgrounds of where where I came from. Our kids want to learn from us, and to make our life story relevant to their life story. Like Ma, how did you handle it? And using Torah sources, sharing with them, in the private time, or if you're going to give them a gift, make it a Torah based gift. You know. Or if you're going to give them undivided attention, special time, go to an activity that also includes, you know, let's go drop something off to Mrs. So-and-so and then we'll go out for our pizza. So you include chinuch in it. That's so beautiful. So, yeah. So that they learn that to associate positivity, they're craving that time, but they're also having an example of chesed or, you know, learning through stories or learning through what they hear. Some, a phone call, someone called you on the way. And how you dealt with that. Obviously, if it's confidential, you have to say it's confidential and you have to tell them you're in company. But, you know, watching you, I think that's so important. And these love languages are like personality traits that stay with us for life. But yes, the preferences change from stage to stage. But, you know, we have to know that at the end of the day, even our teenagers, they need our love expressed to them. Just because they look like they're busy with their friends, just because it looks like they have no time we have to carve out the time. And it's very important to tie it to something positive because that is what chanech l'ner al pidarka is. We want to make it a pleasant experience for them to be in a Yiddisha home, that they want to model their home on your home. And Shlomo Hamelch teaches us to teach a child according to his way. Well, how does our child express their love? How do they want to be loved? Are we giving them what they need or are we giving them what we think they need? That's the key. Because then we're not really reaching We're just reaching what we think is important.
0: Right. Tell me a little bit about each mother being creative in her own home. You know, taking what you're sharing and then applying it to their own home, to their own family, to their own style, and to their own personality.
1: That's a great question. You have to know you. You have to do you. So, you know what you love. Are you a great storyteller? Are you a great dancer or do you sing? If they see their mom singing in the kitchen happy songs, it's a happy place when she's cooking on Friday afternoon instead of stressed out pressure. I now put on music, Erev Shabbos, so that A, I feel more relaxed, but the kids are coming home into a pleasant musical atmosphere. And it's beautiful to hear them singing while they're eating or listening to, you know, what's going on in the kitchen. Let Erev Shabbos be as stress-free as possible. Do whatever you can to make it as stress-free. For example, you know, you really have to think creatively of what works for you. You can't redesign you. So maybe you write beautifully. Can you write them nice texts or send them a message in the lunchbox? Kids love that you remember things. You know, you could write them, you know, I met your teacher and your teacher said a beautiful thing. I'm so proud of you. I love you. There's That's ways so to interesting
0: because on the one hand, we're saying think of the love language of your child. On the other hand, you're saying at the same time, you're you. So you have to be creative to use your personality to try to reach the child.
1: Correct, and it's not so simple because some of their love languages might not be your preferred love language and you have to sometimes come out of yourself and really open yourself to express yourself in a different style. But we could do it because we're mothers and we see all of our kids are different and we get used to it. I have an uncle, Rabbi leader, who always says, fake it till you make it we can try. At least we're trying, right? 10 points for trying. So, you know, for example, I really love a card. My kids know I love a card on my birthday. All the gifts are beautiful and very nice, but I love the card and they'll make sure to write me something. Or if I get flowers for Erev Shabbos, my husband knows I love the card. He'll take the extra time to write me the message and I keep the cards and I can reference and look back. So for me, that's the way I love it but maybe my child prefers a different love language. Maybe they want act of service. Oh, I made you an amazing dinner. Now, that's not my great forte. I don't love standing in the kitchen every night and thinking of different ways to cook expressively and differently, but I know my child loves it. So I have to work on that. So yes, yeah, Shabbos, I've nailed Shabbos, Baruch Hashem. But you know, during the week, I'm busy. We work, we teach, we have other obligations. And instead of me just doing something quick I know that it would mean a lot to do something a bit more fancy or a bit better a bit, another course I have to work on myself it's not easy I have right. to think out of the box right. for me
0: thoughtful you yes. know it's intentional it's not just what happens exactly
1: I also wanted to add that Perkei says that there are 48 ways to acquire the Tyra well, we know there's 49 days of the Omer why are there 49 days of the Omer the 49th level is uniquely yours, your way to receive the Torah, your way to show your love, your way to make your family have a good attitude to Yiddishkeit. Be you, but use it to have meaning. Use your best talents to make it a meaningful experience, whether it's a Chazid spreading a white tablecloth and putting an extra effort into dinner, or Rosh Chodesh buying them an extra special lunch if they love that, or remembering to bring them a special gift when you go away that they would love Some kids love books. Some kids love gifts. Chachkas, you have to know your kids. And those gifts mean a lot to them. They like put them away. Some kids make a big deal. They say them for years, right? I actually heard a beautiful thing from Rabbi Yossi Jacobson about the five love languages of Judaism, of Yiddishkeit. And just like in a wedding, under the chuppah, we have the five love languages, right? We have the ring, which is a gift. We have uh, the words of affirmation, which is... Harayat Mekudeshet, we have the acts of service in the Kasuba. we have time alone in the room and we have touch, right? So, too, for children. And he says, moda'ani, words of affirmation. Make moda'ani a beautiful moment when they're waking up. Moda'ani, talk about gratitude, talk about thanking Hashem. What are we grateful for? Use the words of affirmation, which is one of the five love languages, for the moda'ani, make it meaningful. And then we have the kids that are very touch right? They need to touch a lot. Well, we have tefillin, Shabbos candles, tzedakah boxes make a lot of noise. You touch it, right? Shabbos is time when we could spend more time with that child, the kid that needs and craves that time, just sitting on the couch, snuggling and just being in your presence, doing nothing, even if you're just reading or if they choose to talk. Tzedakah and kabbanais is about gifts, right? We didn't just make it up. It's, it's in the Torah and avaydah is acts of service, right? doing, well, whether it's you know going to shul every day and making it a meaningful experience or acts of service like the avoda of helping out in the Besamikdash, you know? Right, so the advantage
0: of itemizing it is just so that you can know that it exists already, but here you could just identify and know what to observe in your child. Where somebody who's more intuitive would probably pick it up naturally, but here we're spelling it out so that everyone could have this model to look out where to improve.
1: Yeah, and you could write it down. You could write it down and say, oh, I noticed my child said to somebody else that they love gifts or I would love to spend more time with my mommy or whatever. You could pick it up, write it down, and we have a half hour every night. Rebbe Rashab says to have a half hour every night to talk about the chinuch of our kids. What type of chinuch do we need to give for that child? How do we show our love?
0: But the answer is, is that it's the full range. You Know they say at the Pesach Seder is also very tactile and interactive. Yiddishkeit is really all inclusive, and so chinoch has to be that way also. We can't only give speeches, correct? It has to be this like immersive experience,
1: yes. But each child will have one or two that they shine in, and we got to find the shining moment what will make them smile extra, yes. Of course. Everything is, and it's immersive. And that's why we have so many different mitzvahs that have so many different, you know, sight, smell, touch, taste. It's all immersive. But like those beautiful books that we see, you know, I'm sure you've also had a couple of books out like that. But essentially, each child has one or two special, extra special ways that they need more focus on. And I think we do have to notice that as well, including everything else.
0: Right. Sure, I'm just wondering, like, when a mother does come to you because her child is struggling with something and she needs your help because there's a challenge, whether it's, you know, the, the child is struggling, he's, he's jealous, he's acting out, he's fighting, or she. I have boys, so I tend to sometimes speak in he language. <laughs> but when a child has something that you're working on, like, what's your go to way to support and coach the mother and how to
1: help the child? That's a great question. First of all, it's very important to unpack and to see what's really going on in the child. A, Are they eating well? Are they sleeping well? What's going on in their health? Are they okay? Are they coping with the day at school? Connecting with their teacher. Finding out the whole puzzle, not just looking at one area. Finding out the whole puzzle so that you can adequately work properly with this child. In addition, it's very important to either to speak to your Mashpia or the child's Rebbe or teacher What's going on for them at school? Is someone bothering them? Why are they coming home upset or angry? Is, is there a situation of bullying? Or is there a little bit of jealousy? Or are they struggling to keep up with the homework? Or at home, what's going on for this child? Are they not getting enough sleep? You know, we have to go back to the basics on some level because at the end of the day, when everything's working well, like the, the Maaget say, says, a klena lechela in guf is a in lechela neshama. What is going on for them? and unpack that. And then, of course, asking the teacher what's going on in class, how is the child interacting with their friends, having a discussion with your husband in the time that you have to talk about family matters. Bring it up. Don't let it go. If you see something, say something so that you can nip it in the bud. That's my best advice. Don't just let it go for months and months when it becomes an ingrained issue. If you see something's not right, get involved immediately. sometimes it's a gentle gentle approach but as long as you're aware of what's going on
0: okay wow, you've really given me I know you didn't mean it this way but you've given me homework Mm -hmm. (laughs) because now I have to work on myself and see where I could add and you know you gave me food for thought for my half hour a day Um, what is something that you would wanna you know the takeaway for our listeners what is one thing that you can really give us all to take away with everything that you said today
1: Excellent question. So I think kids are craving that private time. There's so much going on. There's so much distraction that one-on-one with the kids, we only have them for a certain number of years, and then they're off to yeshiva, seminary. That's it. We're never going to get that one-on-one with them. Yes, now we're tired, and there's babies and other siblings, and the house could be flying. But if we can give them five minutes minimum every night sitting on their bed, that would be so precious. If you could do more, hareze and mishabach. My auntie, Toby Leader has, Baruch Hashem, 14 children. And every night, she would sit at least five minutes on each child's bed. Do the math. Fourteen yes. kids. <laughs> if she could do it, we could do it. Five minutes minimum. Obviously, sometimes you'll have more time to relax. Ten minutes. And if you have even more. And I also love Chabad.org, Jewish stories. Sometimes I can't think at the end of the day. Even though I have a million stories in my class. And then sometimes I just, I can't think of it. I read The Nature's Wonderland. My kids love that. There's so many episodes. It's on Chabad.org? Yes. I didn't know that. It's I thought amazing. it's only stuck
0: in a book on the bookshelf. No,
1: it's the best secret. My husband discovered it. And Chabad.org, Nature's Wonderland. Yes. That's amazing. Just type Jewish stories. It will come up and you can read your kids such fascinating things, whether it's about nature and it always ties into the Torah. So it's so fascinating. I I know
0: that column because I've read it to my children from
1: Talks and Tales. I didn't realize I could just find it on my phone. (laughs) Yes, it's on your phone if you're tired. Um, And also, if they like soft music before they go to bed, Ngunim, you know, my first Ngunim. I always, always show my kids when I find something interesting, I come and tell them before bed, oh, by the way, today I heard this thing. I learned this thing. I was challenged by this and this and I try to work it out this way. What do you think? just to hear their opinion. Wow. And they love it. They love it. So I guess they learn through osmosis. Um, I really believe if we cherish the private time, even five minutes of unadulterated, pure mommy time or Tati time, if mommy can't make it, is bliss for a child.
0: Wow. Thank you so much, Darnie, for all your words of wisdom and your time today. That was an absolute pleasure. And thank you to our listeners for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Optimizing Mothers podcast and tell your friends to subscribe as
1: well. Thank you, Sarah. It was an honor and pleasure. And as we always say, we all take something upon ourselves. I'm also reminding myself of where I have to keep on improving. It's never ending. We're always growing and we're always learning more. And it's something that we should be, be proud of. If we didn't get it right today, we always have tomorrow. Wow. Thank you. Thanks so much, Therese.